This program is sponsored by Dave Stahl. It's time to get educated on your Second Amendment rights. It's time to get locked and loaded with two full hours of gun sports radio. Your hosts, Dave Stahl, Joe Germisi, and Michael Schwartz, will teach you anything and everything there is to know about firearms, self-defense, and the laws that affect your American right to own and bear arms. Visit GunSportsRadio.com with your questions and comments or to learn how to become a guest or sponsor of Gun Sports Radio. Now, here are your hosts, Dave, Joe, and Michael. All right, folks, welcome. This is Gun Sports Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The answer. All right. Well, I tell you what, folks, look for our shows on your favorite podcast platform. It's simple. Go to GunSportsRadio.com. That's GunSportsRadio.com. And remember, this is a two-hour show now. So right after the uh, this hour, you got another one. So don't go anywhere. Our first hour is brought to you by our good friends at Firearms Legal Protection. Firearms Legal Protection is the best protection for self-defense. Check them out at their website at FirearmsLegal.com. And good old Cali Key. What's the solution for California assault weapon loss? The Cali Key. Cali Key converts any mil-spec direct impingement AR platform rifle into a straight pull-bolt action rifle so it can have all the features without being considered an assault weapon. Drop in, no milling, no aesthetic modifications, and no turning off your gas system. Check out Cali Key at CaliKey.com. That's K-A-L-I-K-E-Y.com. So, you have a very important statement, I see, by my notes. <laughs> I do, I do. I wanted to talk about it. First, I wanted to wish a very special member of San Diego County Gun Owners a happy 50th birthday today. That's Scott Whitney is celebrating his 50th birthday. Scott is the second member, to the second $10 a month member of San Diego County Gun Owners ever. He's wow. the first member of Orange County, Riverside County, and San Bernardino County. Mm-hmm. He has the distinction of being the only member of all four packs. That's how much he believes in the second. Amendment. Wow, that so is fantastic. He is uh, happy, happy birthday. Suckling on a uh, drink, sitting in his <laughs> inflatable Coleman hot tub right now, enjoying the afternoon, and like he, like the suckling on the drink, like a uh, like a baby calf would on the uh, cherry red teat of a cow mother is pretty much what he's doing. Okay, so let's get rolling. I, I do have a very serious uh, little little topic I want to talk about. Kick off the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wanted to talk about Gun Sports Radio and, and really how it all got started, but. Really, what I want to talk about is our friend Lance Pelkey. Yep. Uh, in 2015, before SDCGO existed, uh, myself and a group of other really fantastic gun owners uh, stepped up our activism game. One of the things we did is we partnered with Gun Owners of California, fantastic Second Amendment group up in Sacramento, uh, and we held a fundraising dinner for them. Uh, we had 200 people. A lot of listeners were probably there. There's about 200 people at the Hall of Champions down in Balboa Park. We raised something like $25,000 for gun owners of California, which was fantastic. Wow. Yeah, it was really great. And, of course, that dinner led to our Second Amendment celebration dinner, which we're looking at hopefully 800 people this year, which we're very proud of. But after that first dinner, before San Diego County Gun Owners even existed, uh, the next week I had lunch at a, at a Chinese restaurant in Horton Plaza, uh, with my good buddy Lance Pelkey. And mm-hmm. Lance asked me a very important question. He said, where does the money go? The $25,000 that we mm-hmm. raised. Uh, and we went on to talk about how important it is to keep the money here in San Diego rather than send it up to Sacramento. As fantastic a group as, as Gun Owners of California is, 
we realized that, hey, we need money down here in San Diego for, mm-hmm. for elections that are happening right here in our backyard. Um, he had this idea at this uh, lunch in the Chinese restaurant about starting an organization that just served San Diego. Uh, now, that idea was being floated around already a little bit, um, but uh, frankly, I was scared of leaving my job and starting a new gun organization. Um, that uh, frankly sounded a little scary, but it was an important conversation. I had a really comfortable bank job. I was making pretty good money, but Lance started to really flesh out the idea. And the more he talked about it, the more excited I got about it. Uh, The more excited I got about it, the more excited uh, everybody got. And the less excited you got about the bank job. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But, and that was that confidence and that, um, that energy from Lance is really what helped kick things off. Mm -hmm. So not long after that conversation, we rolled out San Diego County Gun Owners. Um, And one of the first people I approached to be a part of the leadership board was, of course, Lance Pelkey. He was there from the very beginning. Sure. Um, And And he's still there. He's still still on our board and doing a fantastic job. And honestly, we had a broad idea, Mm -hmm. uh, but the, you know, the details weren't as clear. In other words, like what activities would we actually do every day? It wasn't wasn't crystal clear at the time. We knew, you know, the mission. We knew mm-hmm. the goal. But what are we actually going to do? And how are we going to get the word out? So flash forward a few months after we started San Diego County Gun Owners, and Lance set up a breakfast with my good buddy, Dave Stahl. Yeah. The three of us went and, and, and had breakfast together and talked about Gun Sports Radio. Right. And uh, that's what helped kick off San Diego County gun owners and what an enormous major part Lance played. And Mm -hmm. that's what an enormous major part Lance played with getting a gun show that serves San Diego County Mm -hmm. on the radio here, uh, working with, with, with Dave and making this happen. And, you know, unfortunately Lance is moving on. He's not going to be with gun sports radio. Um, uh, he's got a lot of really exciting things going on in his life. Um, and he's got a ton on his plate, and we totally understand, and we're going to sure. miss him tremendously. And he's always welcome back anytime he wants to come in. Uh, I even told him I'm going to hit him up for advertising. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but I wanted to make sure that people understood, because uh, without Lance, there, there, there'd be no gun sports radio. He, he really did a fantastic Absolutely. job making this happen. Well, and it's interesting, too, because a lot of times when somebody leaves uh, a show like this or an organization like this, they leave, and nobody says anything. Right. Just keep it quiet. We don't, want him, we don't want anybody to know. But that's not the case because nope. it was not an adversary uh, break. It was a business break. And, and Lance is notorious for going in, sitting down with people, taking their ideas, and turning them into reality. And once they're rolling and everything is going good, then he moves on to his next challenge. Yep. And that's exactly what it's all about. And that's what he's doing. And we can't wish him nothing but the best yeah. of all of his endeavors. And uh, in I, fact, I think, his whole family. Yeah, I think he's. I, I'm going to miss him tremendously. Of course, he's still on the board. We're still friends. We spent a lot of time together. But I'm going to miss him here Sunday afternoons. Yep, me too. Uh, and you know, I see people do amazing things all the time. And we have a board full of amazing people. Mm-hmm. And we have a membership full of amazing people. They go above and beyond. Uh, they fight for what they believe in. Um, and but there's also there's an entire group of followers that make excuses for why they can't do something. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Lance had no special radio talents. Uh, he didn't spend a million dollars. Uh, he just rolled up his sleeves and he did the work. Right. And for that, 
uh, I, and I know all of us, are forever thankful. And Lance, I hope you're listening. We're going to miss you tremendously, and thank yep. you so much for all that you did. And the old saying goes, you're just changing jobs. You're not changing friends. Amen. Yeah, that's what we got to remember. Yeah, I thought it was important. I wanted to kick that off. I think yeah. he's, he's a special guy. He's done yep. a lot of special things, and I wanted to have a special little statement for him. Yeah, and like I said, I met with him last week, and I told him if there was ever anything you know that comes down the pike that he needs our help with, you know, from the radio show point of view, have no problem whatsoever, you know, reaching out because we're here for him uh, for as long as he uh, wants to do it. But it's going to be nice because you're right. He, he's got more on his plate than you can shake a stick at. I yep. mean, and he does need his family time and, and he does have a fabulous family and it's good for him to hang with them. And But things will come back around. Yep. I love you, Lance. I hope you're wishing nothing good. but the best. All right. So coming up on the show, Masad Ayub. It's yeah. our second interview with, with Mass. Um, he's a great huge, interview. Great interview, huge expert in the field. Joe and I were talking about it on the way up. We can't wait to ask him a bunch of questions. Yeah. On a lot of topical uh, subjects. We have a guy running for the um, uh, city council down in Imperial Beach. We have David Chong. Um, we're doing all kinds of cool Joe stuff. Joe Germisi. Joe Germisi. Uh, what are you talking about today, Joe? Ah, I'm going to talk about uh, Colonel Cooper again in the uh, Centennial. I actually wrote the article that I thought Finally. I wasn't going to write, <laughs> and uh, Ken suggested that I write anyway. So uh, upon further review, we have the article. So, so we're, off, off, we're also Facebook Live? Yeah, we're on Facebook Live right now. So if you uh, want to listen to us on Facebook or you want to go on Facebook and share so that all your friends are listening to us, please do. Um, and yeah, how do they find us on Facebook? Live? Facebook is, uh, so it's facebook.com slash S D C G O S D C G O like San Diego County gun owners. Perfecto. All right. We're going to take a quick break and we come back a whole lot more on gun sports radio, FM 961 AM 1170. The answer. Stay cocked. There's more gun sports radio with Dave, Joe and Michael to come on the answer. San Diego. Welcome back to Gun Sports Radio, educating you on your Second Amendment rights. Now, here are your hosts of Gun Sports Radio, Dave Stahl, Joe Germisi, and Michael Schwartz on The Answer San Diego. All right, folks, welcome back. You are listening to Gun Sports Radio, FM 961, AM 1170. The Answer. Hey, what's the best defense for self-defense and those horrible new red flag laws? Firearms Legal Protection. Firearms Legal Protection is a legal defense program for lawful gun owners with a 24-7 emergency hotline and legal defense plans designed specifically for the firearms owner. Go to firearmslegal.com or call 469-310-9100. That's 469-310-9100. Firearmslegal.com. Hey, home mortgage interest rates have dropped to a historic low. And if you're looking to buy or refi, or if you're considering a reverse mortgage, call our good friend, um, good old Chris Wiley at PRMI Mortgage. For nearly 25 years, PRMI has been helping local San Diegans with all their mortgage needs. You can call him at 619-722-1303 or just go to primerez.com backslash alpine. All right, so we've got our special guest, I think, uh, 
Brandon's working on. Uh, well, Joe, you, why don't we kick it off with the article that? Uh, why don't you give a brief description oh, yeah. of the article that he uh, talked about here? Okay, yeah, because um, you know our uh, our guest here eventually, uh, Masad Ayub, one of the true legends of the firearms community. Uh, just, uh, I mean, uh, been a fantastic um, gun writer for years, uh, law enforcement person, uh, trainer, uh, just um, overall, I mean, everything. Uh, out here. And one of the things he does is he writes for uh, American Handgunner magazine, which is one of my favorite ones. Uh, I get a bunch of gun magazines nowadays. And uh, <laughs> and I think uh, I don't, my name got on a list or something because I was getting all these offers, you know, two years for $12. And, yeah. you know, heck, I'll try anything for three 12, years for $12. $9. $12 bucks, yeah. So I, I was getting a ton of magazines and now I've, I've kind of pared it down to a handful that I like. But American Handgunner is one of my favorites. And uh, Mass writes two articles in there. He does the Ayub Files, which is usually a bigger, um, longer feature. And um, he also writes a, a column called Cop Talk in there, which is always pretty interesting. And um, the longer feature in the Ayub Files this time, he writes about the, uh, the church shooting in um, White Settlement, Texas, a little while ago. And, you know, talking to the principals there and everything. It's um, a really fascinating article. And uh, good. So... Uh, <laughs> So he talks about his uh, his lessons learned from that, and um, really interesting. Um, and I won't give away the lessons learned. We'll talk to Mass, who I hear is on the, on the line now. So uh, Mass, are you there? I am. So great. Well, welcome back to the show. It's uh, really an honor to have you here. And um, I was just telling the folks, uh, you know, about um, this week because I always look forward to getting my American Handgunner magazine. And um, you've got two good articles in there this time. I mean, you always have two good articles in there, but uh, you had um, you wrote about the um, the church shooting in White Plains, uh, yeah. Texas, and um, you uh, drew some lessons from that. And uh, I was going to ask if you can go through that and talk a little bit about you know the the main lessons and some other um, things that you maybe got out of it from uh, speaking with all those folks down there. Well, sure. If your listeners will recall uh, late December of last year. Uh, individual walked into a uh, church in a small town in Texas, opened fire with a short barrel shotgun, uh, killed two people, and in less than six seconds from when the gun became visible, uh, Jack Wilson, the head of security, shot and killed him. There were some 240 people there. The guy had plenty more ammunition. And in a matter of seconds, that one armed citizen had short-stopped what would have been a mass murder. Uh, some of the lessons, we look at the two individuals who were killed in those, those opening seconds. Uh, one was a deacon of the church. He was not a member of the church security team. He was in very close to the man who uh, came up with the shotgun. But when the gun came up, he jumped back away. Didn't, it appeared that he didn't know what to do. Uh, was shot in the chest with a uh, blast of double odd butt shot that mortally wounded him. The other man who was uh, killed about a second later was a member of the church security team. And all of this, uh, I think your listeners will remember seeing it. Uh, if not, uh, Tell them to Google the uh, White Settlement Church shooting, uh, December 2019. Uh, it, it turned out that the the second man who was killed uh, normally carried a six-hour nine-millimeter in an open-top hip holster uh, under an untucked shirt. 
On that particular day, he had changed guns to a perfectly good gun, a Smith & Wesson, uh, I'm sorry, a Springfield Armory uh, XD. He had changed the position of the gun from uh, strong side hip to middle of the back. And he had changed his concealment system from just under an untucked uh, closed front garment to under that plus a jacket on top of it. Now, that required two different movements to clear the gun. Uh, the gun being, he had started in a sitting position, and the gun being in the middle of the back required him to stand before he could draw. And what you see in the video is just as he's coming up with the gun, and he was reported to be an excellent shot, he has run out of time and he's hit uh, center chest with a 12-gauge rifle slug that killed him instantly. So the lesson from that was... First off, carry the gun in the same place all the time. Tra if, if you are trained as he was trained to reach under a certain type of concealment for a certain gun in a certain place, don't change the gun. And what is more important, the location of the holster, and equally as important to it, an extra layer of concealed carry that you have not trained with. And that fraction of a second literally cost him his life. So that was one lesson. Uh, if the uh, the church deacon, uh, by all accounts a, a good man, had been trained, okay, if you're not if you don't want to be a part of this armed security team, we understand. But you know what? If you're right next to a guy who's starting to draw a gun, if you just grab him and a bear hug and yell, that'll buy time for the armed security people to deal with him. And that apparently was not in place. Uh, finally, Jack Wilson, who was legitimately the hero of the incident, if you time it, it's actually five seconds from when the, gun, when the gun becomes visible to when the individual is in a position where Jack Wilson can shoot him. And Wilson fired a single shot, uh, 357 SIG, six hour P2, uh, 229, and scored an intentional headshot. When I asked Jack why he went for the headshot, he said to guarantee he could see other people there that were starting to get up out of the pews, and that was the safest shot that he could take that would go over their heads and stop the fight, which in fact it did. It instantly stopped the threat. Well, you know, and Moss, there's a, a couple of points there, too, that are really, um, I think, pertinent for us out here because uh, I think, as you know, we just recently got our concealed carry rights back in um, in San Diego, and we've got a number of uh, just a, a growing, rapidly growing number of new uh, concealed carry holders. And a couple of the points you made, you know, being able to draw quickly uh, from however you're you're carrying is really something that that you really be able you re need to be able to do, and you need to train in doing that. The other point was um, Jack Wilson made that shot. I believe uh, in the article he said it was 15 yards, and that was a 15 yard headshot in a couple of seconds. And a lot of times I hear like the, the tendency sometimes is to talk about, um, you know, self-defense distances and people tend to train at three or five yards. But I think it's probably important as well to make sure you're proficient at longer distances. Oh, absolutely. Look at uh, your, your typical, let's say, a mass murder in a, uh, a, a shopping center, a, a shopping mall, if you will. Look how long some of those aisles are. 
Um, I, I feel if you're responsible for protection of the innocent, it's a good idea for you to be able to show you can hit a head-sized target at 25 yards. That's that's crazy. I just wanted to uh, clarify. You said that the first shot of the the shotgun, uh, first shot out of the shotgun was buckshot, and the second one was a slug. He'd he'd, he'd altered uh, his his ammunition. He had a mix of ammunition. Uh, the three shots that were fired. Uh, the third shot when uh, when Jack Wilson killed him. Uh, you see, at the instant of the shot, uh, the guy's hoodie starts blowing away from the impact of the shot. And simultaneous with that, you see the muzzle flash of a shotgun. Uh, the muzzle was pointed upward, and it went harmlessly into the ceiling. Uh, those were standard two and three-quarter inch shells. Uh, the rest of what was loaded in the gun and the several more shells the guy had in his person, uh, Jack Wilson told me, were these short mini shells. Oh, interesting. So the, the guy had enough that uh, he he could have laid a whole lot of bodies out if Jack hadn't stopped him as quick as he did. I think the overriding, overarching lesson of that is when you know that mass murder has become a trend crime, when you know that, that when every thwarted loser in America has been taught by the mass media that if he murders helpless, innocent people, he's going to spend at least a week being on CNN every five minutes. Um, we know these things are going to happen. <clears throat> we have to be prepared for them. Jack Wilson and his team were, and that's why in a very victim-rich environment of 240 people, the death toll was limited to two. Yeah. Well, and that, that's a point, and I'm interested to hear what your feedback is on, on a point that I, I make frequently. Um, you know, when something like this happens, um, uh, you know, the other side immediately says, see, you can't, you can't stop a, a bad guy uh, with a gun, you know, two people died, that sort of thing. And the point I, I try to make, and, and uh, pretty directly, is that um, you, you, you know, gun owners, legal gun owners, trained, sane, law-abiding gun owners, aren't going to stop bad things from happening, but they will stop a horrible, horrific thing from turning into a mass shooting, which is exactly what happened here. Um, that, yeah, they couldn't stop, unfortunately, the first or even the second victim uh, from becoming victims, but they stopped a dozen more or so from becoming victims. And What's your thought on, on that point? Well, you, you have to look at it in context. <clears throat> I just finished reading the book Sutherland Springs, uh, subtitled God, Guns, and Hope in a Texas Town, uh, written by Joe Hawley. Uh, that was the horrendous massacre that occurred in another small town in Texas uh, a year or more before this one. Uh, Stephen Williford was the man who ended that, but he had been at his home near the church when he heard the gunfire, had to grab a rifle, an AR-15, put cartridges in a magazine, load the rifle, run barefoot to the scene. When he got there, he instantly engaged the threat, instantly ended the carnage. Uh, he shot and wounded the man. The man fled. Uh, he and another parishioner uh, courageously pursued him. And uh, the guy wound up, uh, I was told the, the killer in that case, uh, called his dad on a cell phone and whimpered to him that he was about to die because he's been shot. And uh, at the end of the chase, uh, shot himself and finished himself off. Wow. 
Hey, Masood, we're going to have to take a quick break. If you can hold that thought just for a moment. Hold the thought. You're the best. All right, folks, this is Gun Sports Radio on FM 96.1 AM 1170. The Answer. folks welcome back you're listening to gun sports radio fm 96.1 am 1170 the answer all right this segment is brought to you by ao sword firearms gun store thousands of pandemic panic buyers just found out what san diego shooters already knew new or used ao sword firearms in el cajon has the widest selection of guns in the county need a professional gunsmith with a full machine shop A.O. Swords is where you need to be. Need to clean, repair, or upgrade, customize, or Saracote your gun? A.O. Sword again. Check out A.O. Sword Firearms. Friendly, informed staff at 929 East Main Street, just off Mollison in El Cajon. Follow them on Facebook for legal and technical updates. Check out AOSword.com, or you can call at 619-749-4867. This segment is normally belongs to Dylan Law Group. But he's definitely working his law firm as we speak, yep, on Sunday. So if you do have any legal matters that involve anything gun-related, you need to call the Dillon Law Group. Attorney John Dillon, for sure. Red flag laws, gun registration, gun transportation storage. Call our trusted firearms attorney, John Dillon. 760-642-7150. That's 760-642-7150. Or visit his website at DylanLawGP.com. That's DylanLawGP.com. Let John Dylan do the gunning for you. Now, let's go back to our guest, Masood Ayub. Masada Ayub. Sorry, sorry, Mas. That's okay. Nah, put a smile on your face anyway. Hey, I can ruin Smith, dude. Let me tell you. We had, I had to, just real quick before I want to get you right back into your story. We had to phonetically spell out Saracote for uh, for Dave, so don't no, feel bad, Masada. Have you seen the way they spell Saracote? You can't say that word. <laughs> So you were talking about thank you. You were talking about the uh, the White Settlement Church shooting, and and we had to cut you off to go to break. Please continue. Right, and we, uh, when we broke, we were you, you had mentioned that the the prohibitionists say, "We'll see a good guy with a gun can't help you because this guy killed two people right. before he was shot down." Uh, I was juxtaposing that with the incident uh, a little over two years before, and a very similar small-town church in Texas, Sutherland Springs. In that particular church, there was no armed good guy. The shooter began outside shooting you know, through the walls, then entered, killed people up to muscle contact distance. His death toll was 27. He shot and wounded, crippling some for life, 20 more people before finally Stephen Williford, the neighbor who heard the gunfire, was able to get there and engage him. From the moment Williford engaged him, there were no further innocent casualties and only the suspect died. Yeah, you know. Uh, what, what we learned from that, it's real simple. <clears throat> there are, we are a nation of 320 plus million people. There are way under one million cops. Now, do the math. You've got, let's say, it's, the general estimate is 800,000 sworn police officers in this nation. Mm. 
there are 168 hours in a given week, and each of those officers is only working 40 of those hours. Now, the people who want to ban your ownership of defensive firearms tell you, well, just call the police. The police didn't get there until after Stephen Williford had stopped the killing. The police response was very quick in the one we're discussing now, the uh, the white settlement shooting. But still, the the people in place, the armed citizens inside the church, had stopped it in less than six seconds. The death toll was two. Only two people shot. No one else injured. You compare that with 47 people shot in the church where the same thing happened and there was no one there at the scene to stop them. History shows us the the concept of the first responder is widely misunderstood. The general public and the gun banners conflate the first responder with the first official responder. The fire department, uh, your emergency, local emergency medical service, your police department. Those are the official first responders. The true first responder is those of us who are at the scene when the crisis breaks. By definition, the bad guys go to places where there aren't people who can hurt them. Predators seek prey, not other predators. Did you notice nobody ever takes uh, a gun and tries to kick in the door of the Hells Angels clubhouse? Yeah, really. Because they know what's going to happen when they start shooting. And basically, if you look at the the larger picture, uh, I'm, I'm an old guy. I'm, I'm 70-some-odd years old. Uh, I was born mid-20th century. If my parents, when I was born, had gone to their family doctor and said, Doctor, show us how to do closed chest cardiac massage, which is what they would have called CPR back then. The doctor would have looked at them like they were nuts and said, You want to learn that? Go to medical school, become a doctor. That's what we do. And today, for generations, that paradigm has changed. You've been considered somewhat socially derelict if you don't know basic CPR, basic hemorrhage control, basic first aid, because society realized. When, when seconds count, okay, the old saying is absolutely true, when seconds count and the emergency services are minutes away, you've got to be able to hold the line until the professionals get there. Um, back in when I was born, I remember as a little boy, we had this, what looked to me, that gigantic fire extinguisher. Uh, it was taller than I was, made of brass. And if you, today to see when you have to go to a fire department museum. And it wasn't until, you know, I started, you know, hanging out with the other kids at their houses that I noticed we were the only people who had a fire extinguisher in the house. And uh, those old fire extinguishers, you had to go once a year to your local fire station to get them recharged. And I remember I must have been like five or six when I went with my dad to do that once. And all the firefighters were patting him on the back, saying, you know, you except for us, you're the only guy we know that keeps one of these at home. Hmm. Well, fast forward to now, you are considered irresponsible if you don't have fire extinguishers in your home and even in your car. And it's a recognition of the same thing. When, in, when seconds matter, in a world where if you stop breathing and your heart stops beating, you're about three to five minutes away from irreversible brain death. 
And then you check with your local emergency services, and you find out average response time nationwide runs around 11 minutes to a 911 call. Do the math. If you can't do CPR, the person you love who stopped breathing and their heart stopped beating is dead. If you can't extinguish the fire that, that just flared on your kitchen stove with your own extinguisher, by the time the fire service gets there, the whole building is involved, and maybe people are dead. The exact same paradigm is what we're talking about here. The difference is instead of heart attack, instead of fire, what we're talking about is a malignant human who's decided, gee, I'll go out in a blaze of glory and make everyone uh, sorry that they were better than me. When one of those happens, one of us, you, me, one of your listeners, is going to be the only one there who can stop it. And if they're not equipped to, they can't. And that's the difference between the white settlement shooting with a death toll of two, two people literally shot within two seconds once the shooting started, and Sutherland Springs where no one was there to stop it, and 27 died and 20 more were wounded. And, I, you know, with, with this COVID-19 thing that happened in late March where they shut everything down, you know, there's just, just fewer than 3.5 million people in San Diego County and in one month, uh, something like 75,000 firearms were sold. Um, over 80% of those were to people who didn't previously own a firearm. And I think that times of crisis like that, the narrative pushed by the other side, you know, it, it, it creates a clarity that cuts right through their ridiculous uh, statements and stats and all the, you know, malarkey that they try to push. And they come to the conclusion that you just illustrated and I, I I don't think it, it could be any any more clear which which was pretty amazing what, what are your thoughts on on this I think 1.7 million firearms nationwide were sold it's something like doubled the amount of firearms in a normal time period despite the fact that there were stay-at-home orders well what are, what are your thoughts on that well everyone called it panic buying including surprisingly even people in, in our world uh, I don't think it was panic. I think it was a realization of, holy crap, the news media that I trust <clears throat> has just told me, A, there's going to be a societal shutdown. B, police departments are going to be overwhelmed. Uh, within weeks of this beginning, uh, we were seeing all over the country departments that were short 20% and more. Uh, because so many of the, not only because so many of their officers were first-line you know, responders and were exposed to the COVID-19, but because once one of them tested positive, anyone who had been exposed to him was taken off the street and had to be quarantined also. And we saw uh, with uh, Defense Bar and the legal world and ACLU and all that, we are seeing the jails and the prisons being emptied because the uh, the close environment of uh, the correctional environment uh, was was visualized to be a breeding ground for COVID-19 as well. Now we've got we're releasing violent criminals uh, for for their good so they don't catch a deadly disease. Okay, I get it. And we're reducing the number of police who will be available. Do the math. People realize that we're going to be alone, and this could get worse. They're telling us this could get a hell of a lot worse. This could be like the Black Plague or something. 
and all of a sudden uh, the TV show uh, Walking Dead uh, is going <laughs> to turn into a training film or maybe a documentary. <laughs> it starts looking real accurate. And for the same reason, people, when they heard on the news, hey, there's not going to be toilet paper available, went out and bought toilet paper. People who realized there's not going to be emergency services available went out and bought guns to protect themselves and their family. Yeah. To which I can only reply, duh. <laughs> it just it's it, not panic, brother. It's logic. It's logic, and I think it makes a lot of sense. And I, I thought it was real interesting. And like I said, I think it provided clarity and cut right through the narrative. Uh, we're talking with Masada Yub. Uh, fantastic interview. I really appreciate you coming on. Every time you come on, it's uh, fascinating stuff, and I, I appreciate everything you've done for the uh, gun community. And uh, thank you so much. How can people find or, or read more about you or uh, see what you're up to as far as your writing and training? Well, uh, the, the easiest way is to uh, go to my website, Masad Ayub Group. Dot com. That's M-A-S-S-A-D-A-Y-O-O-B.com. And one final thing I'd like to suggest for all those new people you're talking about that bought their first guns, they were buying it at a time when the shooting ranges were being shut down across the country because of COVID-19, and firearm safety classes became all but unavailable. Uh, there is a group called uh, Polite Society Podcast, uh, run by Paul Lathrop, and they have taken a bunch of us in the firearms industry and had us do short vignette videos that are available on YouTube. Uh, it's Polite Society Podcast, and the subset you're looking for is Guns 101. And I'd recommend that for anyone or anyone that your listeners know who just bought their first gun but they were unable to take them out and show them how to safely use it. Excellent suggestion. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you, sir. You have a good one, and uh, enjoy the rest of your weekend. My pleasure, guys. Thanks for all the good you do. Our pleasure. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick break right here on Gun Sports Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The Answer. Welcome back. You're listening to Gun Sports Radio, FM 961, AM 1170. The answer. All right. Hey, you know, what's the best defense for self-defense and those horrible new red flag laws? Firearms Legal Protection. Firearms Legal Protection is a legal defense program for lawful gun owners. With a 24-7 emergency hotline, legal defense plans designed specifically for the firearms owner. FirearmsLegal.com. Call them, 469-310-9100, 469-310-9100, FirearmsLegal.com. This segment brought to you by the good folks at the Gun Range San Diego. I call it the Nordstrom's of gun ranges, tons of service, but just not that high price that you find at uh, Nordstrom's. 7853 Balboa Avenue in San Diego, 10 to 10, seven days a week. TheGunRangeSanDiego.com. Go to the website. You can get gift certificates for classes range times uh, and even hook you up with some of the finest weapons allowed in california the gun range san diego.com and we have our fire uh, arms expert jason on the line how you doing bud hey oh dave how's it going doing you know fine. 
just had a nice long interview. I don't know if you were on. Uh, we were talking to Masood. Masad oh, so Ayoub. <laughs> yeah, mess up. <laughs> don't send him this show. Yeah. No, I, didn't, uh, no, I, didn't, I didn't hear it. Yeah. I didn't well, hear it. Well, we send the show to your uh, yeah. facility so you get a chance. You can take a listen to it. Cool. Oh, cool. Looking forward to it. So what are you talking about? Oh, how are we doing? Oh, you know, we um, finally, we, we're still getting some more good stock in today, and that's really... Uh, that's a great thing. Or recently, not today. It's Sunday, but uh, we got uh, we actually got a couple Glocks in a couple of days ago. They don't last, but we are getting them in now. Uh, we got Springfield XD, Springfield 1911s, my personal favorite. Uh, we're actually getting some serious stuff in. Good AR15s. If people are looking for those, uh, yeah, yeah. So, Jason, I had uh, one of the members on one of our uh, forums for San Diego County Gun Owners was interested yeah. uh he wanted to know what are the, what, what restrictions if if they want to come down and, and use the range right now what what restrictions are they looking at what do they have to do what's what's the process and procedure etc well what you have to do is you do have to show up in person to drop off your name and number the the wait time is uh it frequently goes above an hour or even two hours so when you have you drop by in person drop off your name and number when it comes to be your turn we give you a call and you just have to show up within a reasonable amount of time 10 15 minutes and that's it. Then you can get on. And you guys are having uh, uh, not every lane's open, but th- that doesn't really matter to, to to the folks using the the, the lanes. They just a uh, little bit of a wait time, put your name well, in, and then come back yeah. and shoot like like normal, right? That's right. That's right. It's pretty much normally it's just just longer wait time. We we do have to close off every other lane uh, just to maintain social distancing. But other than that, yeah, it's pretty much the same. Good. Awesome. We are available. Hey Jason, have they given you um, any indication or any idea when when that'll be easing up on that kind of stuff? Do you guys have any any idea about that? You know, I don't. I don't really know about that. I would like it to ease up soon. We we, we don't you know have customers waiting out there for for so long. A lot of people are very patient. Uh, but I would yeah, I would really like it for you know this whole thing to to be over. I don't want anybody getting sick, of course. But I, I just uh, it would make things a lot easier on everybody. Well, you guys are doing a great job. You guys uh, implemented Thank all the, you. all the all the stuff that you had to quickly and effectively, and you guys are doing a great yeah. job. And I know it's been tough on Thank you. on you guys on the floor for the last couple of months. So I appreciate everything you guys mm-hmm. are doing very much. That's very cool of you. Thank you. And when are you going to stop by and shoot some guns? Uh, they scare me. I got to tell you, they go bang really loudly. <laughs> Listen to him. I start to cry. It's, it's really embarrassing. Sleeps with an arsenal. Uh, <laughs> I'd really love Dave to uh, bring his Mark II Supra down. So you know, maybe give you a I know. Uh... <laughs> He's all charged up and ready to go. I need to do that. You're absolutely right. Mark II Supra. What caliber that is pretty that? Cool. It's uh, <laughs> six. Six caliber. <laughs> Straight six, I might add. Straight six, uh, straight six, yeah. That's right, dual Very overhead cool. cam, automatic. Oh, that's the only way. So you're open today and tomorrow? tomorrow? Yep, we're open. To, we are open tomorrow, 10 to 7. Closing okay. 7 today, 10 to 7 tomorrow. Stop on by. Yeah. And we are definitely open. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Well, yes. you know, and, and it's just like uh, our last guest said, that a lot of people bought a lot of guns. Uh, during this, uh, you know, ep- ep- uh, pandemic, and they need to get their butts back to the range and, and take some classes and learn to shoot. Yeah, we we've uh, we actually have been setting up a class, a sort of class system right now. A uh, it's called Get to Know Your Gun. Get to Know Your Gun uh, ah. for a fee. Yeah, for a fee, it's uh, you get a, you get a half hour one on one 
uh, session with with an employee. And what's cool about this, as opposed to other, you know, you know, just generic training mm-hmm. sessions, is that you bring your gun that you bought, and you actually get sort of a personalized half-hour experience with that particular gun. We can tell you the quirks about that gun, uh, things that you know, maybe something like what kind of ammo it likes, how to take it apart how to work with it based mm. on its size, that kind of thing. So it's a really highly personalized experience, and it's definitely worth it. You should come check that out. That is cool. That's a really great idea for all the new uh, all the new gun owners and anybody out there that maybe just hasn't uh, oh, yeah. hasn't had formal training before. Uh, what do, what's the what's the cost on that? It's seventy five dollars, and for half an hour personalized oh, training, wow. it's a, it's a very it's, it's a very very good. That's session. a great deal. Uh, it's a very good session. I I sat through one. It's great. Um, especially since I want to say, oh geez, I want to say at least three out of four, maybe four out of five people who have been buying guns recently are all completely new gun owners. Um, they're not that familiar with, you know, terminology. They're not that familiar with, you know, etiquette, that kind of thing. And it's really, it really helps people out a lot when, you know, they're able to, you're you're able to just take some time, sit down with them and say, you know, this is what your gun can do. This is what you shouldn't try to do. This is, you know, guns pointing in a safe direction at all times, all that good stuff. It goes way beyond the regular, the regular safety demonstration that we that we have to give you when you buy a gun. So, what's the funniest thing you heard during this whole uh, COVID nineteen thing? What's what's something you heard from a customer that was that was kind of made you chuckle? Yeah, yeah, you know, there was the one guy. One guy bought a Desert Eagle. He picked it up a while later, and then uh, he told him it's a gas operated pistol. Uh, he asked us what kind of gas it needed. <laughs> you told him premium, right? That's one. That's 91. Only 91 for that, baby. You can see him down yeah, at the gas station trying to pour gas. Premium. Yeah, that's that was a good one. Another guy said he had a problem with his revolver. He brought it back. You know, he just did the demo. An hour later, he calls back. He says, something wrong with his revolver. The bullets are falling out, he says. So he brings it back. I say, Yo, so let me see it. Let me take a look at it. So he, he takes it out. He opens the cylinder up. He points it straight up and... I give him some snap caps so he can demonstrate what, what's going on. He's pushing the thing straight up into the cylinder, but the, you know, gravity is just making him fall back out. And he's just like, see, they're not staying inside. Did you tell him super glue? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know, let, I would joke, but I don't know if someone like that can handle it. So let, let's throw a training. <laughs> let's throw a training segment out here really quick, because you brought up yeah. something that a lot of people may not know what, uh, what you're talking about and right. about the gas, uh, feature on that gun. The gas operator. Yeah, so what does that mean? Big old honking gun. So it uses, it's like, it, it looks a lot like an AR-15 when you open it up. It just, it just like a lot of, you know, pretty much any other semi-automatic firearm, it, it uses the gas from each round spent to, to drive the slide back. And uh, a return spring, the recoil spring pushes the slide back into place, pushing the next round into place, you know, in the battery. Uh, Desert Eagle is a little different because it's kind of got like a, uh, if you're familiar with the AR-15, there's like a gas tube that's connected to the barrel. So it blows that back. And that's just where that comes from. It's, gas. Okay. it's a gas-operated pistol, that's all. Gotcha. Because a lot of people don't know. Not 91. And yeah, not 91. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, that's it. Yeah, definitely not. I don't even know I mean, I where you put it, but it is a pretty big gun. You know, you're going to write a pretty good book here one of these days for all the all the craziness that you've seen, especially yeah. during this COVID, <laughs> especially during this COVID situation. And, you know, because yeah. you've had some crazy people come in and buy guns, I'll bet. I, 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 I did see a guy last week. Uh, he, he had a, an unfolded ammunition box taped around his head for a mask. That was kind of funny. Uh, <laughs> that was a, 
yeah, a lot of a lot of funny stuffs happening there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's what happens when you lock somebody in their room for sixty some odd days. Yeah, you, you get cabin fever, and you know you don't like, you don't want anybody to get sick, but you can do better than an ammo box. Hey, come on, let me make my choices, okay? And we'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> All right, buddy. Hey, it's always good talking to you, folks. Gun Range San Diego. They're open right now. They'll open tomorrow, ten to seven. Wouldn't hurt to call, making a range appointment, or go down and, and check out all the new uh, guns that are coming into Gun Range San Diego, and check out all the classes because, you know, that's a shop that just doesn't sell. They educate as well. All right, buddy. Talk at you later. Be safe. You too. Thank you. All right, we're going to take a quick break right here on FM ninety six one AM eleven seventy. The answer. <laughs> This program is sponsored by Dave Stahl.